God wants you to be spirit-filled. God wants you to be empowered. God wants to give you a gift. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going through a series on the Holy Spirit. So, get ready to follow along in your Bible as we join Pastor Mike. I think what Simon the Sorcerer was looking for was the dynamic power of God that he saw. And I don't know exactly how the Holy Spirit will manifest in your life, but Paul tells us in Corinthians chapter 12 that some people have one gift, some have another gift, but all in all, it's to work together that is, in fact, it would be like Jesus Christ being in the church. Because we have all the different gifts. The gift of healing, which, as I shared earlier, with one of the brothers in church. And the word of knowledge. And some of the things that we have to be mindful of. There's a lot of things going on that make, first of all, a family a family or a church a church. And second of all, you have to have it driven by the Holy Spirit, not by man's organization. A lot of people think that if a church is working well or, or everything, because we're following a set of rules, but rather if we really look at what the Bible has to say, it works because the Holy Spirit is in charge and he's the one, he's the orchestrator, if you will, of what's going on in the body. God wants you to be spirit-filled. God wants you to be empowered. God wants to give you a gift. You know, I believe that a lot of times as we live our lives as Christians, we run on empty. As I said earlier, God wants to fill you up with his Holy Spirit. What does that mean? Well, I just come out of church going, zingo! Is that what it is? That we got a buzz on? No. I believe that the Holy Spirit empowers us to see this world the way Jesus sees it. Now, that's one of the things the Holy Spirit does when we become born again. But the thing is, I need to continue to see that. Otherwise, I, you, we will be ineffective in reaching this world for Christ. Why? We'll settle for a status quo. In other words, all things remain as they are. I'm part of that the way they are. And so we'll just sit on and shut up. No, no, no. That isn't what God wants us to do. We see it the way God sees it. What do we see when we see the world? Well, there's a lot of things. You know, um, um, when you look at the newspaper, when I look at the newspaper, I look at all the things going on in the world right now. I think, I think a lot of people go, oh, it's just too much of a headache. I don't even, I don't even listen to the news. Well, I, I got to tell you, based upon what we do know of our uh, American news media, maybe not so bad. <laughs> That's pretty corrupted. But here's the point. We know something is going on. 
We see the issues around the world. I don't care whether you look at North Korea or you look at the Middle East or you look at Russia or you look at Europe. There are things going on in our world daily. Now, it isn't that they just go on because they're always going to go on. But as the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you, we begin to see life through God's eyes rather than our own eyes. See, if we don't see it through God's eyes, it'll cause a couple of things. One, we'll get distracted if we don't see it through God's eyes. And here's why. Because we'll major on the minor, minor on the majors. But when we see it through God's eyes, I believe we begin to see it for what it is. When we look at people, oh, people just drive me nuts. I'd go to church, but I just around all those people. Yes, that's the point. We're here because we're ministers. You are God's hands. You are God's feet. You are God's voice to people. If I'm not filled with the Spirit, what will happen is I can go into materialism. I can go into what's in it for me. I can go into it, wow, this will really build my company up. Rather than seeing people and their desperate need for a Savior. Somebody that will just walk up and say, oh, you're hurting? Can I pray for you? See, you don't know that God may have given you the gift of healing. You don't know that the, the, the God of heaven may have given you a word of knowledge. I remember many years ago, I was in a church and, and uh, I, was with, uh, I was with my sister. And this man just had a word of knowledge. It was a very strange thing. I've only seen it demonstrated legitimately that I know of twice in my life in a, in a, in a, in a congregation. The first time that I ever saw it was where uh, uh, my sister was asking, she says, I don't know whether I should marry this guy or not. I've been really praying and I don't know. And I said, well, why don't you come to church with me? And so she said, okay. So we were sitting probably about uh, uh, two-thirds of the way back in church, and and the guy's up there in front, and, and all of a sudden he just stops and he just says, uh, God's given me a word for, for some people here. And now, you have to remember, um, I had accepted the Lord as my Savior. I had asked the Lord to fill me with His Holy Spirit. But starting to see demonstrations of the Holy Spirit in a way that I was not used to in the churches that I attended, this was really different. And he started going through the audience, and he said, you, you two, come up here. And I remember she pointed to my sister sitting next to me and her, her fiancé. Her prayer was, and Ben, Lord, am I supposed to marry this guy? And this guy looked at this, this fiancé and said, there's three things that make a man. A king, a priest, and a prophet. You've made king and prophet. You haven't made priest. Go sit down. I was astounded. And then he looked at my sister and he said, now you, you submit, go sit down. It wasn't a big dissertation. It wasn't reading a chapter, uh, waving hands over her head or anything like that. You see, her question was, is this guy really, really a person who knows you, God, or playing the Christian game because he wants me? And she didn't know. And so once she knew what it was, 
then her thing was now to submit, and she did, and she uh, broke off the relationship. I remember several years ago, I've shared this before, but this guy had a Jesus bus. Now, you've got to remember back in uh, the, early, the early 80s, there was a lot of crazy stuff going on. Pretty much the, the Jesus movement was kind of waning a bit. But in the Northwest here, there was still a lot, of, a lot of hippie Jesus people, okay? And this guy and his, and his wife, they came to church on a Sunday morning. And, and uh, they, they, were, they were nice people. And, and uh, uh, anyway, his, his uh, Jesus bus broke down. A little screw on the top of the carburetor that holds the, the, the screw to put the top of the lid of the air cleaner on actually dropped down and it wedged on top of the piston. And so when it was running, the, you could hear the, this little screw hitting the top and it, and it was a bad sound. And he says, I don't know what's wrong, but I'm going to pull the cylinder head. Can I park the church, my bus in, in the back of the church? And I said, yeah, okay, you can do that. So he did that. The following Sunday morning, he got it fixed. The following Sunday morning, he comes in, and um, he had a wife beater t-shirt on, that the white sleeves rolled up like this, had a Bowie knife on the side, and he sits up in front. And I saw it, and I'm going, what is going on here? And... Uh, I, I'm, I'm sharing. He says, can I, can I share something? And I normally would have said no, but because I, he'd, I'd talked to him throughout the week, I said, okay. And he stands up and he looks at everybody and he goes, just like this, he goes, he stands here like this and he goes, it's all going to come out right now. And then he started going through the crowd and pointing at people. And as he was pointing at people, he said, you, you're wondering if your son is ever going to accept the Lord. I want you to know that he is. You keep praying for him. And you, and, and then he said, you, 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 you come up here. And this, these guys were visitors. I'm going, well, boy, I bet you that, that's sure a lot different than getting a free donut in the donut line. And so he comes up and he looks at him. And, and meanwhile, I'm freaking out. I, I didn't know what to do. And, and, and he looks at him and he goes, God's been following you all over the world, hasn't he? And the guy goes, yeah, I was in the military in Germany. Yeah, I, I know God was, I, I, people had witnessed to me there. And I, he goes, are you going to accept Jesus or die? And I'm going, oh. And he goes, he goes, yeah, yeah, I will. And, 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 and he prays and accepts the Lord right there and then. This guy went on to be in Bible college, and, and it, it just was an amazing thing how the power of God works. Now, the reason I share that is because I know God works differently in every situation and in every group of people. But the point is, is that we need, I believe, as Christians to be open to what God wants to do in our midst, in our life, by the direction of the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you something. You'll go from a, a, a Christianity experience of mundane to that of insane. You will not believe what God will do. And here's why God does that. 
because he's endeavoring to do something new beyond our own abilities. Friends, we have our own abilities that we can do. And again, sometimes we have talents of, uh, of being a, uh, a musician. Sometimes we have talents in art. Sometimes we have talents in administrations and things like this. But this is something that God does beyond those things. Now, it says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, verse 4, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when the sound occurred, multitudes came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Now, in the original language in the Greek, this is literally their hometown dialect. In other words, with their own accents and everything. And they were amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not all of these who speak Galileans? How is it then we hear them, each one in our own language, in which we were born. Again, going back to that original, you know, you can speak English, and then you can speak English. You know what I'm saying? And they had the right accent. This is what was so amazing to them. Parthians and Medes and Elamites dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judah and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Pergia, Pamphylia, Egypt, parts of Liberia, Adjoining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them speak in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. That is what they were doing. They weren't preaching sermons. They were just thanking God for who he is. Now, again, something as simple as language, God does this. Some of you may have that gift of tongues, and if you don't, as Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 12 tells us, you have one of the other gifts. And there's all kinds of gifts. There's the gift of healings. There's the gift of miracles. There's the gift of interpretation of tongues. There's all kinds of things that God has for us because we believe in him and because he wants to give us this power that comes from him. And it says they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? And other mocking said, they're full of wine. Now this is, uh, again, what oftentimes people will attribute things they don't understand. If they see something they don't understand, oh, they're drunk. Well, Peter, standing up with the eleven raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judah and all those who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. Now, again, very quickly, and I want to go back up here. It says, Peter stands up with the eleven. We know that Judas Iscariot uh, went out and killed himself after he denied Christ. Who is the eleventh one then? Well, if you go back to the last part of chapter 1, you'll find that they picked Matthias to replace Judas Iscariot. And so it says, he raised his voice and said to them, now by the way, this is the same Peter who denied the Lord three times. I don't know him and was cussing and swearing that he didn't know it. Now, empowered by the Holy Spirit, we find a different Peter. Friends, that makes the difference. 
I remember when I was a kid, I was raised in a church that didn't believe in the gifts of the Spirit. They said they ceased with the apostles. And I was weak and meek, I'll tell you. But you know, when I went to a fellowship that said, hey, if you want to be filled with the Spirit, stand up. I was silly enough to stand up. And God changed my life. And I went from being where I was, I loved Jesus, but I was shy. I, I just was a shy, shy guy. Um, I, was a, I, was a, I was a geek. I was a radio geek. You know, one of those nerdy people. I didn't wear glasses with the tape in the middle and a pocket saver. I did have the pocket saver, but I didn't have the glasses. And I was in my own little world. I loved God, but I was in my own little world of radios. I could, I could play with those. I understood those. I didn't understand people. I don't know that I still do, but I still I was in my own little world. And then God changed. And what was really weird, and I, you know, because, again, we see how the Holy Spirit worked here. And, and I've explained how I've seen how the Holy Spirit worked in other places. I don't know how God's going to work his wonderful Holy Spirit in your life. I remember when I went down as, um, to bring some food and clothes down to a missionary uh, down in Mexico. And I remember that he said, we're going to go, it's the funniest thing, uh, to this, this uh, his name was Kevin. And, and, he, and he says, hey, if you can bring M&Ms when you come, that'd be really good. And I said, why? And he said, well, it's hot down here. And they melt in your mouth, not in your hand. And I said, okay. And I thought that was kind of, kind of funny. I, I, okay. Guy comes in my office and he said, he said, I was on deliveries. And he said, this one store in town here, I, I guess the date on the candies was getting close to the end. And he, he just said, do you want some M&Ms? And I, he said, okay. And he goes, I didn't know what to do with a case of M&Ms. So I thought I'd bring them by here to see if you want them. And I go, that's weird. So I put him on the truck with the clothes and the shoes and everything else. And I was on my way down to Mexico. And I remember when I was down there, we were going to do a, a he was going to do a puppet show. He, he went down in the barrios and, and would do puppet shows about Jesus. And I remember that, that uh, there was a, you know, he had the, the, you know, he set the thing up with the curtain in front and the little screen and everything like that. And so, you know, he had the Bible characters and they were doing this. And he said, you don't have to say anything. Just be one of the characters. And so I'm behind the curtain doing this. And all of a sudden the wind blows and it starts blowing the curtain up so you could see us underneath it. And he looks at me as just as normal as let's go get something to eat. He goes, this happens every time I do this. In the name of Jesus, wind, stop died. And I went, whoa. I'd never seen anything like that. Following the presentation, there was about 30 kids there. Um, Esmeralda comes and she says to, to Kevin, I forgot the M&Ms. All we have is one little bag. And Kevin looks at her and says, it'll be okay. It'll be enough. And I looked at all these kids and I'm going, what are you talking about? And so I remember that he, that he got them all in a line, gave them all little white Dixie cups. 
and he started pouring. Troy wrote a bag open and started pouring out his little bag. And I saw the kids go over, as any smart kid would do. He took the Dixie cup, poured it in his pocket, got back in line. One saw one do it, they all started doing it. And the line was long, and the bag was small. And the bag just kept pouring, and pouring, and pouring, and pouring. Now, I watched these kids, their little pockets were just bulging with M&Ms. And that bag just kept pouring and pouring. And I'm thinking about in the Bible, the five loaves and the two fish. And I thought, this guy's got the gift of miracles. I've never seen anything like it. He rebukes the wind and it dies. He, he, he needs M&Ms coming out of a bag so all the kids can, can have something. And I was just totally amazed. The reason I say this is because when you live your life in the Spirit, expect the supernatural. Thanks for joining us on It's Time as Pastor Mike teaches verse-by-verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening. And tune in next time for It's Time.